0: parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist and each week on Letters from Your Dog we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here, let's get to the episode. Hello, welcome back to Letters from Your Dog and Happy New Year, 2024, oh my goodness, (laughs) I hope you had a good break if you took one, I hope you enjoyed celebrating if you were celebrating and I hope you're feeling positive about 2024. Something I just wanted to say because it feels wrong not to. Um, I am feeling positive about 2024. However, the bully ban in the UK, or not the UK, England, um, has been really disturbing for myself personally as someone who shares their life not with an XL bully but with a bull breed. Um, and something I've been worried about for the entirety of my life with rigs has been been him being misidentified as a bound breed before any of this even happened and it's really I think I don't even think of the right word tragic probably unfair um and my heart goes out to you if you are an XL bully breed guardian um or you know someone who is because it's it's, this is devastating your dog having to live a life of restrictions always being on the lead always being muzzled and there's nothing wrong with using a muzzle but for a dog that doesn't need one obviously we don't necessarily want to use one Um, also if you are a, a dog professional if you're a veterinarian if you're someone who's involved in rescue who's potentially seeing dogs being I'm not even going to say euthanized because I don't think this is euthanasia i think this is unfortunately decreed by the government killing and if you are someone who unfortunately has to be involved with that my heart goes out to you as well the good news over the last couple of days is that um people are fighting back organizations are fighting back and hopefully we should be seeing some of those dogs that have not yet been put to sleep in rescue being given a second chance um maybe not to be rehomed but certainly to be kept in rescue for the rest of their lives possibly or maybe to be rehomed to someone who has experience and is able to stick to the new restrictions so fingers crossed for something in that in the right direction but i just wanted to highlight that and say that we are here to support you if you are impacted by this in any way whether you are a guardian of an excel bully and you'd like some support please do reach out to us via email info pauseupdogs.com we're continuing to offer discounts on our services to guardians or if you just want to talk about it feel free to come into our facebook group kindness is essential not optional dog training support and just post and let us know how you're doing Okay, so today we're going to be talking about what other people think of you and your dog or more specifically if you care what other people think about you and your dog and I think if we're honest most of us can say we do care and that's because most of us care about what others think about us in general. And that end of itself, I don't think is a bad thing. I think it kind of holds us to our moral code a little bit <laughs> if we're worried about how others might perceive us. Um, it also means that we have a place in society. So we, we care what others think. We also think about other people. And it also is part of being human, right? So we are social creatures. We are interested in each other we are interested in other people we do all judge as well even if we say we're non-judgmental and even if we try not to be judgmental we do of course we do <laughs> um so that is part and parcel of being a person but often if you are very very worried about what others think of you and i think this is especially the case for people who share their lives with anxious dogs and um, the classic example which I'm sure you've all heard or thought about in your own experience, is you're out with your dog, your dog does something. (laughs) So maybe they bark at another dog, they lunge towards a child, they jump up at someone, they don't come when called. They do something that you get very, very, very worried about or very upset by and it's not the fact that the dog hasn't come when called for example we are becoming more worried and more preoccupied about what that person over there thinks of the fact that the dog didn't come when called What that person thinks about the fact that your dog put their paws up on them for example or your dog is following them because they've got really amazing smelling treats in their treat pouch and they'd quite like to get involved with that one of my dogs would definitely fall into that category um I've got a young dog at the moment. She loves people. She's very excited by people. Um, where we live at the moment, we have to use a lift to come from where we live to out to the outside world. <laughs> and sometimes other people share that lift with us. And if someone gets in, she's thrilled. She wants to leap up and jump at them. And obviously, I try and prevent that from happening. But I need to do it in a way that isn't punishing to her. And it's a lot that goes into it. And I definitely have thought, oh, gosh, because some people, of course, love dogs. And it's like, oh, it's not a problem. Don't worry about it um which can be good and bad because it's good because you don't have to worry so much but it's bad because they might be like yeah put your paws on my shoulder which you don't necessarily want (laughs) depending on the dog that you have um for the other people, though, that clearly are not impressed and not happy, that can feel really difficult. And I'm talking about this as someone who experiences this. Like, I have felt so anxious. Oh, my gosh, what do they think? Are they going to, you know, report us? Not to the authorities, but to the place where we live. Like, is it a massive problem? Are people going to be talking about us? And we get really caught up in this whole thing. And this can be someone that we see regularly, like a neighbour, for example, or another dog walker or it can just be a complete stranger that we'll probably never see again, but we could be thinking about this for days or weeks afterwards. It can really stay with us. So, what I wanted to talk about today is why this has such an effect on us sometimes. So lots of you have heard me talk about kind of previous trauma and thing like, things like that before, and that's certainly part of what we're going to be thinking about today. But what I really want to focus on is the parts of ourselves. So you currently, however old you may be, maybe you're 20, maybe you're 40, maybe you're 60, you currently have your current self. So take me, for example, I'm 35, me at my current stage in life, 35 years old, sometimes I can be a really capable 35 year old. So I'm in a situation with my dog. Maybe I had a great night's sleep last night. (laughs) I've had my breakfast. I have a plan on what to do in a situation where my dog dog jumps up, maybe I anticipate someone getting into the lift with me, I'm ready to go with my treats, everything goes really well, I think yeah that was great. Or maybe I'm not prepared and I'm looking at my phone and someone gets in the lift and she does jump up at them and I say oh I'm really sorry about that, she's just learning and then I intervene and I do what I need to do and everything feels fine. Whether they're annoyed or not I'm able to cope with that emotionally because I am acting as my capable, 35 year old self i have to think about that i think i'm 35 i think so (laughs) okay so that's the version of me currently that i i find the best version of me i would say it's the version of me that is the most self-assured that is the most confident um that's come from years of practicing being self-assured and confident however within me and within my mind and within my psyche also lives all the past versions of myself as well. So let's take the teenage version of me. (laughs) We've all been teenagers at some point in our lives and how naughty you were as a teenager will depend on you and your circumstances. But I think most of us can remember at least a little bit how emotional we were at that age. So things were Big. we'd have a, an argument with a friend it was the end of the world we felt we read a book and it was the most inspiring thing we'd ever read <laughs> or we'd get so obsessed with a band or with an actor like oh my gosh like crying over them if we go to a concert all of this stuff it's big 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 emotions and tied in with that is not really quite knowing who you are yet so it's trying to find your identity who you are in the world so If I'm out walking my dog and my dog jumps up at someone or I'm in the lift and my dog jumps up at someone and for some reason that teenage part of me gets triggered, which is very easy to happen, how might that make me feel? Well, maybe it makes me feel awful because I think, oh gosh... They're gonna think really badly of me. They're gonna think I'm a terrible pet parent. They're gonna think that I don't know what I'm doing. It makes me question whether I'm the right person for this dog. It makes me question whether I am equipped to work with this dog to live with this dog to love this dog it makes me feel like I'm not quite sure of my identity as a pet parent or as a dog trainer or as a dog behaviorist it's tapping into that teenage part of me (laughs) the other way that teenage part can be tapped into so let's say my dog jumps up on someone and they tell me off and they say oh get your dog off for example that could make me feel intense rage. And again, that could be that teenage part, like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Even though I would know that they were within their rights to feel a little bit annoyed if my dog had jumped, at my six-foot dog, <laughs> she's massive, had jumped on them. Even though I know that logically in my 35-year-old adult brain, that teenage part of me could feel really intense anger and emotions that I was essentially being told off. <laughs> And that can happen with a much younger version of ourselves as well. So if you grew up in a household where you had very strict caregivers or you were very worried about putting a foot wrong or getting something wrong for fear of getting into trouble, that was certainly my experience as a young child, very, very strict household, I would do anything I could to not get into trouble. I would lie. (laughs) I would try and people please I would do things I didn't necessarily want to do because I knew that it would make the adults in my life happy for example and like I used to go to these big family gatherings when I was very young and I was to get so socially awkward and anxious before going and really worried about it but I knew that if I didn't want to go or I you know said I didn't I didn't like it that that would be problematic for me so of course I would force myself to go and I would hate every second. So sometimes that younger version of ourselves gets triggered. So in that example where someone says no and tells me off, I might feel really sad so rather than angry and annoyed the teenage version I might feel scared I might feel anxious and sad like oh my gosh something terrible is going to happen I'm going to get reported they're going to um, take my dog away from me they're going to say we have to move out like you go down this huge spiral of stuff that is completely ridiculous and is never going to happen dogs jump up sometimes like it's not the end of the world she's not biting someone's face off <laughs> but that younger version of ourselves is what gets triggered in that situation and so our emotions respond from the place of a six-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 14-year-old or a 17-year-old and what we need to learn to do to help ourselves in that situation is how do we tap in that current version of ourselves. So in my case, the 35-year-old, how do I tap into 35-year-old Holly who can come in and say, "Mm okay, that wasn't ideal. (laughs) That wasn't an ideal situation. She did jump up on that person, but I apologized. I explained she's training. I rectified the situation and next time I'm going to be more prepared. I'm going to do this, this, and this differently. So it's not always easy to tap into that version of ourselves. It's not it's not always easy to access that that's just a fact unfortunately however given enough time you can find little hacks to remind yourself of who you are and sometimes it is just the case of saying right i need to take a step away i need to go somewhere a bit quieter and calmer and i need to say what would 35 year old version of me do in this situation or whatever age you might be right now And that allows you to calm your nervous system down, to relax yourself a little bit, to take a step out of that younger version of yourself and take a step in to who you currently are. Sometimes also, this might sound a bit silly, but you have to be compassionate to that younger version of yourself. So you have to say, you know what, it's okay that that 10-year-old version of me is triggered. I did have a rough time when I was 10. I did find it hard to be told off when I was 10. But I'm not 10 anymore. I'm 35. I'm very, very capable of being able to manage this situation. So... All this is, like so many things, is awareness. It's just awareness that there are different parts of you that you hold within you. They're not right or wrong, but it's just saying, oh, I don't think that's the capable adult version of me that's that's (laughs) coping with this situation right now. I think this is another version of me. I need to take a second just to bring myself back into the present moment. This will benefit your dog as well, of course, because when we are in those intense teenage feelings or those intense child feelings we aren't going to be the best version of ourselves for our dog either that's when we're more likely to react to them to tell them off to yank on the lead to say enough or whatever it might be and then we, of course, our adult version of ourselves feels very guilty about that afterwards. But if we can take a second to tap into the adult version of ourselves, like I just explained, then we're gonna have less of those guilty feelings, less of the kind of having to run things over in your head and make things up to your dog. So. It's a process. It's not always easy. And sometimes we need a little bit more support. Sometimes we need some therapeutic support to help us with this process. But once you're aware of it, you'll start to notice those different versions of yourself and then hopefully you'll be able to move forward. Okay, that's all for today. I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye for now.